0: Let's take some time now to open the scriptures and ask that God might speak to our hearts and shape us for his kingdom and, um, and our joy in serving him as his people. Holy Spirit, we welcome you now. Would you come and just open our heart, open our eyes, open our lives to the reality of, of Jesus as Lord as we read the scriptures and we ask it in your name. Amen. This morning, I'm wanting to start a new series, a small series, around the theme of worship and why, in fact, we worship. Why we spend a lot of time, energy, and resource trying to create environments for people to come and worship God. But before we get to some of all of the the big scale things, I want to share with you, um, firstly, a picture this morning on our PowerPoint here. And it's a wonderful little picture of uh, the very early days of when the Vineyard was worshipping together in Anaheim, California. You'll see there on the guitar, Carl Tuttle, and sitting on the piano playing there is John Wimber. And it's uh, it's in a gymnasium, a very simple setting, um, and some some of the things that um, happened there in that moment in those early developmental years of the Vineyard movement really influenced a whole part, a whole bunch of the body of Christ, even up to this day, especially in this area of worship. I remember when in 1989 uh, I went to my first Vineyard conference in Sydney. There was about 5,000 people there. It was in the Horden Pavilion. And I remember walking in to that, that conference setting and the vineyard people were there from, um, from the United States and they were leading worship. Well, what some of the first things that really stood out to me and that I found incredibly endearing was that the people that were up the front leading, they were not dressed in any kind of uh, like religious outfits they were just wearing their denim jeans their favorite shirts some of those shirts were, you know maybe not so awesome but they were just wearing their everyday clothes and somehow they presented themselves in such a way that said this is who we are and we're coming as we are because that's how we can come only come as we are And so they wore just natural clothes. They they used words that were just everyday words, not a lot of religious language and so forth. And some of the other things that I really noticed was when they started worshipping, it was like they were expecting to have a sincere encounter with God himself. And within the ma- matter of minutes, you know, a song or two in, all of a sudden it was like this whole conference of 5,000 people were very aware and conscious of the fact that God was actually in that space, in that room, meeting with people in that, in that very uh, simple act of worship. Some of the other things I loved about that, um, the way they presented themselves and the worship that they brought, it was very simple. It was very easy to connect with. Everyone was able to somehow quickly find their way into the experience, and it was incredibly intimate. So there was a few moments there where it was like, I'm not used to worshipping with such intimate language, emotional responses people being so free as to bow down on the floor where they were or put their hands in the air and and uh, pray out loud in tongues and so forth. It was all very new for me, but I loved it. It was real. It was sincere, and God was there. And after that moment, I can clearly remember saying to myself, walking out of there, I'm like, I'm hooked on this. I want to belong to a people who can worship Jesus and encounter his his love and his power when we get together. So today we're going to begin this new little series on why we worship, and I'm looking forward to the next few weeks. We've got some guest speakers coming in who are going to come and share some of their journey of worship. Now today is Mother's Day, and it's really important day in the calendar for vineyard people, simply because it was 43 years ago in the Anaheim Vineyard On a Mother's Day, when the Holy Spirit fell in power and it it, it changed the vineyard forever and we became a people who were hungry for the presence of God and we welcomed the power of the Spirit every time we got together. And so I'm praying today, Mother's Day, that for us as a people of Jesus at Pine River's Vineyard, we too would have a fresh encounter with the person of the Holy Spirit. So today, let your prayer be, come Holy Spirit. Come again, Holy Spirit. If you've got your Bible with you though today, I want to invite you to open it up to John chapter 4. If not, you'll be able to see the reading on the screen here beside me. But Luke, uh, sorry, John chapter 4, and this is the story of an encounter where Jesus meets with a Samaritan woman at the well. Starting at verse 1, it reads, Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was gaining and baptising more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptised but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had been given to his sons. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, "'Will you give me a drink?' "'Sir,' the woman said, "'you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. "'Where can you get this living water? "'Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, "'and did also his sons and his livestock?' And "'Jesus answered, "'Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. "'But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst.'" Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go back to your hu- and call your husband to come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you have had you've had 5 husbands and the man you you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. It's a really great encounter there that Jesus has with this woman who has got a particular framework of understanding how to worship God and sometimes our frameworks and our religious expectations can in fact stop us from encountering the very presence of the living God there's an old vineyard song and it was in 1999. It was written by Michael Fry. And it captures beautifully the essence of what Jesus is trying to get through to this woman at the well. Let me read those lyrics to you. They say, Jesus, be the centre. Be my source. Be my light. Jesus. Jesus, be the centre. Be my hope. Be my song. Jesus. Jesus. Be the fire in my heart, be the wind in these sails, be the reason that I live, Jesus. Jesus, be my vision, my path, be my guide, Jesus. Now, the woman at the well, she kind of missed the point that Jesus was trying to present to her, that in his last sentence, he does say to her, he says, "'It's me.'" You've been looking for me, and I'm here now, and there's a whole new way to worship God. And um, So what I want to do at this point, though, is I want to have us track back in the Bible a little bit into the Old Testament, and in the book of Numbers, chapter 2, and it's in that situation where God has called Israel out from under the rule of Egypt and into the journey of of him making them a nation that's going to bless the world with his kingdom and his promise to Abraham. And in the desert, there's these 12 tribes of Israel trying to walk and live together, and God says, when you set up as a, as a people, I want you to set up like this. And in Numbers chapter 2, there's a great detailed description there, but there's a simple picture on the screen just now of what that would have looked like where the tabernacle or the meeting place the presence of God was right in the center of society it was his presence was the center that then informed every aspect of their life together as a people following God you see God has always longed and always desired to be present to be powerful and to be central in our lives You know, we in the vineyard here, we do take time and energy and resource to try and create spaces to encourage people in their worshipping life of God that helps them regularly, whether we're in a big setting or a small setting or even just listening to some worship, uh, you know, on our own as we're sitting on the train going to work, where we're trying to remind people, hey, God is the centre jesus is the center and from him his presence is here his presence is powerful and his presence wants to inform every aspect and every challenge that your life is going to walk through today so this idea of god wanting to be present powerful and central has been the long story of god and so now jesus meets with this samaritan woman and he says now i am the center I am God, my presence is here, and people now can worship God by connecting with me. Now, there's just one other little point that I want to make this morning as we begin to unpack this little series that we'll be walking through together. We worship God because we've been created to worship God. You know, one of the very first... um, uh, relationship uh, frameworks that God put in place with the early covenants with the people of God in the Old Testament was he said this to them in the Mosaic Covenant. He said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And Jesus also requotes that in another place in Luke's Gospel. But it's interesting to note that God's highest priority is that we would be a people who pursue him who worship him and serve him because what we worship is, in fact, what we serve. So as you're thinking about your life today and as I'm thinking about my life and the the priorities, the values and the practices that we have in place in our life, God is actually saying to us, you've been created to worship God. Me. And if you're not worshipping me, you are in fact going to be worshipping something else. And the best way to figure out how are we spending our life of worship, what are we spending our life of worship on, just take stock, take a few minutes and think about the things that you're busy serving. How are you worshipping God? You see, God has always longed to be front and centre of all of our lives. And right now, in the midst of all that's going on with this COVID-19 journey, there's a lot of people right now who are, who are rethinking, who are reprioritizing, who are reevaluating their life, their vision, their purpose, their their hopes and their dreams. It's like in the midst of the devastation, there is a move of the Holy Spirit that's happening. And God's actually, with his, his spirit, beginning to invite people to come free of everything that has been central and now begin to invite their heart and their life to be centred again on the reality of God's love, plan and purposes for their life. We've all been created to worship. It's just where are we choosing to give our worship this year, uh, this, um, this little series over this next couple of months, there is a baseline truth that we really all need to get to grips with. And that baseline truth is this. If we don't give our worship to God, we will give it to something else. The point is we get to determine who and what we worship. Human beings are very powerful creations of God. And in his great joy and creative power, And in the generosity of his Holy Spirit, particularly for the people of Jesus, he's saying, please, let me be central, let me be powerful, let me be the presence that leads your life. If we were to stop and ask ourselves this morning, to who or to what am I giving my worship? Is it a lifelong goal? Is it a form of security? Is it a plan that I have for my life? Today, Jesus comes to us, just like he did to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and he says invites us to drink from him so that we would no longer be thirsty. In this season, just to finish, kingdom fellowship under King Jesus is the church, and there is a Holy Spirit move and invitation that is happening right here and today. And it's a move of, in the midst of rapid change and much challenge. But God is drawing near to his people with his presence and his power. And the church, that's you and me, together following Jesus, are being shaken free from all of the stuff, all of the things, all of the values and priorities that we have been thinking are more important than Jesus himself jesus leading us so today being mother's day and in our history as the vineyard it's a day where we celebrate the holy spirit being poured out i'm going to pray right now that the spirit would come with power and that he would help us each one re-center our lives on the heart presence and power of god would you join me as we pray let's pray Father, I thank you that you've created us to be these human beings that love to worship. And in this season, Father, I thank you in the midst of it all, your spirit is moving and moving with great power to set, set us all free from the things that we've sort of got ourselves focused on and, and in the process given our worship to. And then we've said, where are you, God? Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer today. Call our hearts back to you. Let our hearts come alive again as our our hearts are centred on you. Jesus, we want to take a drink of the water that you're offering today to each and every one of us that are watching this and listening to this right now. And for some who might be sitting there today, dry and thirsty, needing a good drink, I just want to encourage you today, drink from Jesus. Turn to Jesus today and let him satisfy. Let him give you life. Holy Spirit, come today. Come with great power, great joy, and great freedom and cause our hearts to wake up, come alive, and be centred again on the reality of you as Lord fully present, leading our lives in our everyday circumstances. We love you, King. Thank you for this chance to be together today. And thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.